black preachers who are, are racist in their hearts. Uh, they, are, they are not called by God, but they've been called by their mama. The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans. So-called civil rights leaders want them angry, dumbed down, and demoralized. It's not the leaders that blacks need, but good fathers and mothers. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. I do appreciate it. My guest today is Gary Rose, and uh, we're going to be talking about um, father's rights, what's happening to men uh, during the uh, a divorce case and issues like that. And Gary, I appreciate you coming on and your willingness to discuss this. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Very glad to be here. Um, where are you from, Gary? I'm originally from the, up in the Panhandle, uh, a little town called Dalhart, Texas, which oh, okay. is north of Amarillo. And you're now living in? Abilene, Texas. Abilene. Um, Had a business there for 21 years. Oh, okay. How long have you been married? You've been married twice, right? Been married twice. And how long were you married to the first wife? The first wife I was married to seven years, seven and a half years. Seven. And how, any children by her? Two children by her. And how old are they? They're 16 and 17 now. Why did you di divorce with her? Uh, actually, I didn't. She divorced me. Really? Yeah, it, was, it was unilateral. Why did she divorce you? Uh, generally, just just about the same reason all women divorce their uh, counterparts today. That's because they start listening to everybody outside the outside of the family. So she started, everybody leads them to that point. Okay, she started listening to other people right. about you. Exactly. And were they putting you down? They generally always do. And she's generally when a good man's put down, they kick him while they're down. So you were a good man, basically. Yeah, and, and, uh, according to man's standards. <laughs> Why do you say a good man? What were about? What was it about you that was a good man? Uh, what is it about me that was a good man? Yeah, with her. With her, uh, I was always a supporter. I was a, basically a workaholic. I was on that treadmill, making that almighty buck, you know, providing for the family, and you know, she was a housewife. And uh, she got to stay home with the kids, and, and you know, I just—I I guess the only thing I expected when I come home was a, a, a place to hang my head at night and a place to eat. Right. While and she, uh, you know, raised the kids. Did she? Um, did she complain that you were gone too much? I mean, what was her reasons for a divorce? Uh, one of the things was we lived close together with her parents, and when she lost her dad, it kind of seemed like she lost a part of her. And she kind of drifted off into like Never Never Lands, and she was gone from the house. It seemed like when I would come home, she would be gone to all night, oh, all night long. And then she just kind of drifted apart. And then I took the kids one night, and uh, while they were in diapers, and uh, we moved off and um, hired a nanny. And it was uh, probably close to a year before I heard from her. And then, then we finally got back together. And then before you know it, she was divorcing me. <laughs> a vicious cycle. <laughs> and so. Did, did the bottom line is, I was I was out of God's will, and she was too. And what do you mean out of His will? How were you out uh, of His will? God wasn't in the God wasn't in the center of our house. Oh, okay. And, and uh, why was that? Why was that? I guess I was still running from God. I'd I'd been baptized at an early age, and and but uh, it's like so many of the churches today, they can get you to the altar, but it's like they stop right there, and that's where the church falls short. So you were a Christian when you while you were married, you were a Christian. Yes. And are you a Christian now? Yes. Okay. And so when you 
divorce your wife, how did you feel about it? When she divorced you, were you sad by it, or how did it make you feel? Oh yes, I was. I was uh, heartstruck, heartstricken, and and even more so with this divorce. But uh, that first divorce, you know, I was managed to. I managed to pick up the pieces. I was a lot tougher then. I managed to pick up the pieces and and continue on my business and you know pay the pay the money that the courts said I had to pay it monthly and and uh, shuffle the kids back and forth and you know learn to live within the system within man's system. So you have visitation rights with your first children. Right. And uh, how did you see them the way you want to or did the court decide how you should see them? Well, the courts decided and and over the years, well, uh, me and my first wife, my first wife and I, we always had a good relationship, so that never really entered into the picture very much unless she got you know, really mad was, you know, if they get really mad where they can hang the papers over you right. and threaten you, yep. say like, well, if you don't do this, well, I'm just going to take them back, even though the kids would be with me at a certain time when they weren't supposed to be. Well, you need to bring the kids home because they're not supposed to be with you anyway. So, hmm. so when, the, when a woman has that leverage, I mean, that, that's when it can get really, really ugly and bad and sad. And, so what do you have, a boy and a girl around. by her, or two boys? Or? A boy and a girl. boy and a girl, okay. Right. So you, you have a good relationship with them, the children, right now? Yes. Yeah, how are they doing? Oh, they're doing, they're doing good. They've got their ups and downs, but uh, I feel like uh, uh, they'll probably be living back with Dad for, you know, before too long. Because they, they've really had some rough times. And they have? Like yeah. what, for example? Well, like I, I just had to go, uh, my boy's in a program right now called RAC because he's expelled from school. Um, on the, on the pretense that he was hugging, he was seen hugging a girl, so they tried to charge him with the Class B assault charge. You know, even at, at, at the small level like schools. You know, That's just terrible, hugging yeah. a girl, so they're trying yeah. to charge him with Class B assault, so I had yeah. to go to court on his behalf on that. And uh, he's just finishing up rag fish to get back, uh, put back in the high school. But that's just, that just goes, goes to show you when the system goes awry and, and the woman, you know, kind of wasn't the parent that she was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, that's when they say, all right, Dad, it's, you know, they're, now they're in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I can do. Now, they're, now it's your problem. When, uh, when you went to court with your first wife, did you have any say-so as to the way things should go? You know, like, did, they, did the judge ask you how much visitation rights did you want? Did you have to pay child support and all that? No, no. You didn't have to pay child support? Oh, yes, I, I had to pay child support, but, but uh, they didn't ask me my opinion on, um, they, they just look at your, you know, what, how much you make a month, they figure it out and say, well, this is what you're going to pay. No, well, you don't have any say-so in the matter of when you're going to get to see the kids or whatever. Did they take her word over yours? Oh, yes. Whatever she said was true and... They didn't care about what you thought about it. Right. That's amazing. I hear, I mean, I ask you that because I, I hear a lot of men going through the same thing. They divorce, and most of the time it's the woman that wants the divorce. You know, she goes over to the courthouse, tells the judge whatever she wants to say, and it doesn't matter how the man feels about it. It doesn't matter exactly. if it's true or not. The court just take the woman's word without even uh, considering that I would she may say, be wrong. I would say 90% of the time all divorces are unilateral. You know, where the woman files, and it's nearly always a woman, and it's usually always one-sided. Wow. The man doesn't want the divorce, and, you know, if anything, tries to patch things up. Yeah. And so you got married a second time. After how long? Oh, that was after, uh, I guess, five years. Five years. Five and a half years. And what made you do it again? Uh... uh I guess God put this particular woman in my, <laughs> in my, in my life, and... Uh, 
uh, we fell in love before you knew it. We had a, a baby girl. That's, well, that's a, she's a shining light for Jesus today. She's four years old. And so you, you say God put this woman in your life? Yes. So is he taking her, because you're going through a divorce with her now, is God taking her away from you? To a certain extent, he's had to separate us until we get both our lives back in, back in order with God. But God doesn't want divorces. God, God, uh, God doesn't honor divorces, right. according so, to man. Uh, it's just like I tell my wife, you know. Uh, well, she, and she was she would say ex-wife, but I still say, well, you know, we're still married under God's eyes. The divorce is over with the second wife. With the second wife, right? According to man's law, it is done. How long were you married to her? Uh, four, say four, four, a little over four years, about four and a half years. How did you meet her? Uh. Actually, it's through one of my JC projects, and she was going to uh, Hardin-Simmons University. Uh, she's got her bachelor's degree through one of the Christian colleges there in Abilene. And I met her through uh, a couple of the projects that we've done through the JCs. Oh, okay. And so you say God put this together, and you love her, right? Yes. How do you know you love her? What is love? <sighs> well, what is love? Uh, I think the best way to describe love is is trying to out trying to outlove the other person that you're with. So you try to outlove her. Love that person more than they actually love you. Does she love you? Yeah, she loves me. She did, or she still she does. She still does. She still does. And if she loves you, why is she divorcing you? Uh, or why did she divorce you? Because she there again, she listened to all the outside forces and all the other people. And, but and love would over override that. I mean, if someone truly loves you. There's no one around that can convince them that you are not a good man. Would you think? Well, <coughs> yeah, yeah. But um, why do you think she love you? I just, I just know. I'll just never forget the the day we took our vows, and the way she she looked into my eyes, and and as if she to look into my soul. She just she knew the person that she was marrying, and she somehow slipped and missed a part of that. But that could have been lust. She it it been very well could at, have been. She could have been looking at you that day thinking, wow, as soon as we get married, we're going right to the, to the hotel right. and get it on. Right. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be love. Right. And I think the first, you know, first year or two of a marriage probably is lust. Right. Or, or compassion right. before it actually develops into love. So in, in that respect, you're right. I agree with that. Yeah. So is there other evidence that she loved you? That she, oh, yes. What? Just the little things that she would do for me and do for my teenager kids. I mean, the way she took uh, my other kids and uh, put them under her wing just like a mother hen. The way she cared for them and everything. Just, just her loving nature. Right. She's got that loving heart about her. And so one day she comes home, or you come home from work, and she said, Honey, I want a divorce. I don't love you anymore. Uh, it was pretty close, basically, that, yeah. Were you shocked? Uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was real shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Even more shocked. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, we separated there for a little bit, and that was um, that was about uh, August, early part of September of last year. Okay, when I first started my spiritual walk, was about the same time when she told me she's wanting to leave. That's when I really started doing some serious soul searching. Well, you know, maybe it's maybe um, she used to try to drag me in the church, but you know, every time I would go to the church, it's like I would see. I would see the hypocritical part of the church, yeah. the people that go to church for the wrong reasons. Right. 
and uh, I never would hear the message that it seemed like God was wanting us to hear from behind the pulpit. Do you wish you had gone into church now and stayed there with her? Uh, no, because no, because now looking back, I know that's that's still not the church that God mm -hmm. that wants us to respect and honor. I mean, because. I mean, like I say, they get the people to the altar, but that's where they drop. They say, all right, you're saved. We're going to turn you loose. Right. And that's where they should really, that's where the work begins. And so I still don't know quite why she is divorced. You, you come home from work, and she said, honey, I'm divorcing you because. Well, actually, um, the reason that uh, she wanted to get divorced was because I had an affair. Oh, you cheated on her? Right, I cheated on her. Did you cheat on the first wife, too? Oh, my first wife? Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Oh, where's you then? No wonder. Yeah, it was, it was definitely <laughs> me. <laughs> well, is it hard to admit that? No, not really. I mean, when you come to, I mean, when you come to repent with God and everything, and once you've repented and He's forgave you, I mean, you. It's, but how did how did they find out that you were cheating? How many uh, times did you cheat on the first wife? Uh, just once. One time. I, that's all it takes. And I how mean, did she it, find out? Uh. Basically, uh, she didn't know for sure, and I just admitted it. So she was like, "Are you cheating on me?" You say yes. Why would you? Admit but usually, it? but usually, once once you get to that point, I mean, that gives them the green light to do whatever they want. I know, but so she was just asking. Uh, like most women, are very insecure anyway, right? So she was just asking out of her insecurity. Right. She had no evidence that you had cheated the first wife, right? Right. And so she asked, "Are you cheating on me? Why are you never home? You're always at work." And you say, yes, I'm cheating? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's been a few years back, but that's, that's pretty much a nutshell, pretty much how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so why would you admit it, though? I, I, I guess, well, my mom always said that would, that would be my weakness is because of your soft heart. And uh, I guess when it comes right down to it, uh, I figure that's probably why God's chose me and, and, and allowed me to live this 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 long in time. So that you can cheat on your wife? No, no, oh. it was because, <laughs> no, because I have such a soft heart and I have a, such a caring nature for people. So is this why and, you were having an affair, yeah. because your heart is so soft? Uh, it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, why, I don't quite... I guess I'm like a, a, lot of, a lot of guys, when they're not in God's will, I mean, they, they want to have their cake and eat it too. So you wanted to have your wife and another woman? I, I guess so. That's probably. why you told her? Uh, I don't understand why you admitted it yet. Well, I think we, I think it was kind of getting towards uh, the separation part anyway and just come down to the bottom line, you know, and it come down to the confrontation or communications is why we're having problems. So you, and I, I think she probably cornered me up one day and, and uh, I finally just admitted it. That and, you were cheating? And, yeah. Why were you cheating? Uh, I guess the grass always seems greener on the other side, but I, I don't know. I guess I guess probably I wasn't really in love, or or the love had lost its effect, and she was going her way, and I was going my way, That's which ha which happens a lot in the marriages. Uh, for you know it, one's going this way, and one's going this way. So you cheated on your wife because that I, I wasn't that the feeling of love was gone. I wasn't getting the love and affection at home. You you were not right. Why did you need it? As a, I mean, you had a child. And it seemed to me that the child needed the love and affection, not you. Why did you need it? Uh, uh, selfishness. Yeah. Selfishness. I mean, because really I should have been giving that love to my children. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and so you said, I'm cheating. And, and what happened was you, this is with the first wife, right? right? 
Right. How did the second wife find out that you were cheating? Uh, <clears throat> she pretty much caught me over to another person's house, and, and then it kind of went from there, and, you know, it was just, I pretty much admitted to it. And that pretty she much came was, over to another woman's house, and you were there? Yeah. And were you in bed with I the woman? No, I wasn't in a compromising position, but I was just there. You were just I mean, I was, I was guilty. Did she come looking for you? Yeah. And you were there? Right. And so she said, are you cheating? You admitted it? Right. How, how long had you been cheating with this woman? Uh, actually, 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 just one time. So one time, every this, time you the, do it, one time you get caught. Well, well this this <laughs> this woman here, she's like a she's like a private eye. I mean, she would she bird dog me, but um, I guess she loved me that much and and and. So you're getting what you deserve, then. I, I guess so. I didn't know that. Um, why did why did you have to cheat on your second wife? Well, I guess uh, I think I've just always had the curse. I've, you I've, had to curse. Curse. I was. I was more or less labeled a womanizer, and, and most of my friends knew that. You know, I. You know, I didn't make no bones about it. When you know, growing up and and and, and getting in the business world and everything is. You know, I'd be dating one girl one time and another girl the next time. It's just like it's one, one girl to the next, and so, lots lots of men get caught up in that. So why did you get married then, if you know that you're a player? You know, I I, I felt like it's ready to buckle down and, and settle myself down then then you know that only works for it's like uh i guess probably uh, like alcoholics or anybody like that you know sometimes they can get off the stuff and you know another two or three years later they get right back on it did you feel bad it's when like a quick fix did you feel badly when your second wife caught you cheating oh yes you felt bad yes so are you still cheating with this other woman or that's over with too that's over with. you have another one now no uh, <laughs> no um um that's amazing. Are you addicted to women? I used to be. Are you now? No. When, how do you know you're not now because you're not married? Uh, I guess because it's uh, just, it seems like God's just healed me of that. And how do you, what is the evidence that you uh, were addicted if you're not addicted now? How do you, what's the evidence you were addicted to women? What's the evidence that I'm not? That you were. That I was addicted that to? That you was, yeah. The evidence that I was addicted. Oh. I don't know. I guess most of the time, uh, when confronted with a pretty woman or something, I was always, you know, more of a flirt than anything. You couldn't help yourself. Couldn't help myself. Uh, were you having a lot of sex? Are you into a lot of sex? No. Were you into it at the time, having a lot of sex with different women? Uh, not while I was married. I mean, I wouldn't just no. Uh -uh. So these women. I mean, before I was married, <laughs> yeah, I would I would have sex off and on with, with you know several different women. All right. And but when you were married, you just had one extra woman on the side. Right. Um, so, how are you going to get over this addiction in case you get married again? Uh, with God, with God's help, <laughs> oh. by the grace of God. Period. I mean, that's the only way you can get through it, through anything. Yeah. Through any addiction. How did you? Whether it be drugs, alcohol, or anything. Yeah. So God is going to help you to overcome it. Most definitely. How do you know He's going to help you? Because uh, He dwells within me right now through the Holy Spirit. He does. Yeah. So you think if you got married again, are you, do you plan to get married again? I plan on getting back with my second wife. Oh, you do? Yeah. Does she want you back? Uh, she's running a little bit right now, but she's slowing down. But right now she doesn't want you. Right. And you're chasing her. Right. She's, uh, she says, you know, she still says, you know, when are you going to get over the fact that we're divorced? And I said, well, you know, when are you going to get over the fact that God doesn't honor divorce? That we're still married under God's eyes and we're only divorced under man's law. But God honors divorce when the man or the woman cheat. 
when they commit adultery. God is for that. He honors. Well, you got also you, you got also remember, Jess, that you know uh, the Bible also says that we're to be equally yoked. I wasn't I wasn't a professing Christian when we got married, although she, her parents and everybody thought that I was a Christian. I mean, I was baptized in early age, but really, I was nothing more than a than a false convert. So you were faking being a, a Christian at the time. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I mean, let's call an ace an ace and a spade a spade. I mean, I was a false convert. So you got you and your second wife were unequally yoked, according to you, right? Right. Are you equally yoked now? And see, according to the Bible, she's supposed to. In, in that case, she's supposed to lead me back to Christ what before she before she can get a divorce. Where's that at? Where's that in the Bible? Uh, it's I can't tell you the scripture, but it's in there. I've read it. That a wife should lead her cheating husband back to to Christ before leaving him. Well, if if they're if they're unequally yoked, let's say if they're unequally yoked, he wasn't a, he wasn't a Christian or he's not a true convert. She's to lead him back to Christ. But how's she going to lead him if he's busy chasing women? Well, I mean, even after that, I mean, she she left me and went into an, another affair as well. I mean, well, that's your fault that she did that. Uh, so because she wasn't as, as, cheating as, on you prior, right? Right. So that just so, so, that so just, that's your fault that she did it. That's that's my fault. Yeah. Okay. So that just. Do you disagree? No, I agree. Uh, I agree. But it, but there on the other hand, it, should, it, it doesn't it make doesn't, it right. No, it doesn't make it right. And I would encourage women to do that. But when men are weak, women have most of the time have no other choice but to be weak, because the man is the head, and if the head is weak, the tail is going to be weak too. And so by you cheating, you left her. You know, there's nothing, no foundation that she can stand on. And a woman needs a man. You know, she she needs a man that she can respect and love. And, and help her to overcome the hell that's inside of her and guide her. But if you're out womanizing, you couldn't be of any good to her. So maybe the reason she is with another man because she really would like to be with a man. But also on the other hand, I think that probably uh, my, my ex-wife, she was probably a false convert as well. Why do you say that? Because, I mean, she, 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 goes, every, she goes against everything that's in the... That's, Pretty much scriptural, um, scriptural in the Bible as well. I mean, she takes the she she goes with all the church traditions. She believes all that, and um, just everything she talks about is, is totally against really the true the true word of God. Why do you think that God is going to help you now in this situation? Why do you? What makes you think he doesn't? <coughs> he doesn't want you to well, move let me, on. Well, let me put it this way. It would be only it would be only God's will if we do get back together. Right. That, that's what I mean. That's right. what I meant to say. And, and I put it totally in His hands, and that would be the only way that we would get back together. But you said you were chasing her. So if you're chasing her, I'm not really. I'm let, well, the, I, I misportrayed that. I'm not really chasing her. I'm not bird dogging or anything like that. I'm just showing her the, the compassion and the love that I have to offer now, and that's through a that, and that's through a change of heart, totally, and that's from total surrender. I mean, when you, when you decide the day that you're going to totally surrender and you just give it up to God, I mean, total surrender. And that's what most, most professing Christians don't understand, and that's total surrender. So you Until totally you can come surrender. to that cross and, and give it all up, totally surrender, give it all up at the foot of that cross. And it's not your free will that when you, you, know, when you do that, it's not, it's not your free will. So you went to God and gave up what? I gave up it all. I gave up everything. My what? Uh, my life of sin, my transgressions. What were your sins? Other than cheating on your wife, I was nothing but a liar, lying, murderous thief. Oh, I you know, see. I, you know, uh, uh, the Bible states it real plain. 
I mean, most of the sins you can, um, uh, they parallel with murder and, and, and thief and stealing and everything else. So how do you know for sure you're free from that now? Uh, just day by day, just walking, letting him be the leading, let him take the lead, let him take the driver's seat and let me sit in the back seat. Are you, are you at peace? Oh, yes. You, you, you're happy within, you have peace within? Yes. So if you have peace, why not just let this woman go since she's gone already, she has another man, and you move on with your life instead of trying to go back to the past or redo something that you've done? Because a lot of times when we make mistakes in life or do things in life, it has happened, it's done, it's best to move on. And because if you run after her, <coughs> if you run after her, she may not respect you even more so and, and you know, take advantage of you, start to use you because you seem to want her back. Right. I guess uh, the one thing that keeps me, um, and, and there again, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, tracking her and doing anything like that. I right. just keep in constant contact, and that's because of that little four-year-old girl. And uh, I seen what it did to my two teenagers. And, I, you know, I don't want that little girl to have to go through what they went through. Well, why didn't you consider that? Since you had gone through it once before already, mm -hmm. you saw what it did to your first children. Why do you consider that before you cheated with your second wife? I, I can't even I can't even answer that, Jesse. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a man burdened in sin. I was without God. I mean, why do we? Why does any of us sin? Yeah. I mean, when when you're out of God's grace and out of His will, why do we sin? I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. I said, you know, so really, I can't answer that. Right. But the fact is, I'm with God. I'm within God's grace right now, and I'm doing His will, and I know His uh, the Holy Ghost resides within me, and He's my shining light, and He's my beacon, and that's all I have to be concerned about. Do you want her back because of uh, feeling guilty about what you've done? No. Or because no. you love her? I love, I love her because daughter? I feel like that's, uh, I, just, I just know that mm. God put us together. He, uh, he, made, he made her to be my help, uh, helpmate. And my little daughter, Kaylin, come out of that. And yeah. she is a shining, shining beacon for Jesus. Are you close to her? Real close. You and your daughter are close? We're like that close. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. Matter of fact, she came up to me just uh, here a couple weeks ago and said, Daddy, and she put her hand down her shirt, put her hand. She said, that's where my heart is. That's where Jesus lives. When we come back, we're going we're gonna to have to end this program, and I'm going to hold you over. And we're going to talk about what you have to go through to get visitation rights with your children. You know, how to co the court support the woman over the man and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to end this program. We're, I'm going to hold Gary over. Uh, and make sure you tune in next week. If you have any questions or comment about this show, email me or write me at the address at the end of this program. Thank you. Welcome to the program. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. My guest today is Gary Rose, and we're talking about uh, the man and woman relationship. Uh, with the focus on what men have to go through uh, in order to have visitation rights with their children, uh, the courts tend to de decide with the woman whether she's right or wrong. Uh, Gary has been married, in case you missed last week, he's been married twice has children by both wives, two with the first wife, one with the uh, last one, the recent wife. And so we're talking about why he divorced, and we're going to get into 
the court aspect of it uh, this week, hopefully. Uh, Gary, again, thanks for being with me. Um, let me just ask before I move on to the court thing, what have you learned, if anything, from these two divorces that you've already gone through? What have you learned? Uh, if at all possible, stay away from divorce, period. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, it, as, as biased as it is, um, I mean, it's definitely biased against the man. As, yeah, as biased as it is, to just stay away from it and try to fix that marriage. Yeah. And um, anything else that you learn about yourself personally? About myself? Uh, uh, as in what? How about never cheat on your wife? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> yeah that's, that was definitely a good lesson to learn. Uh, why didn't you learn that lesson in the first marriage? Uh, because I was out of God's grace. I, I definitely Meaning that you didn't know that it will. was wrong? Do what? You didn't know it was wrong to cheat on your wife? I knew it was wrong, but I think I was like a lot of Christians. I, I, I thought, you know, well, I could do this. I could cheat God, you know, this day, and I could repent, you know, somewhere later down the line. Oh, you literally and, thought that. Yeah, and, and, you know, I know a lot of Christians think that way. Mm. You know, they think they can repent, you know, 10, 20 years later and live a life of sin. And, and but... Uh, the second major thing that I learned going through all this is once you that you do come to repentance, you do come, when you do come to that cross and, and totally surrender, uh, that you don't have to you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. When you give the, trans, the transgression of sin up, and you don't have to live a life of sin, that's when you give. That's that's the most important lesson. What what type of person are you? What kind of person am I? Uh, I would say now I'm a godly person. Meaning what? That means um, I let God take the lead and be the, the light in my life, and I just I just do God's will. Um, when you you went to court, you went to court to have visitation right for your child, right? You right. tried to get visitation right. I tried to get fifty-fifty physical custody. What did they give you? Uh, they give me the standard um, every other weekend, weekend daddy. Every other weekend. Right. So your daughter would come to your house. Right. Every other weekend. Right. That's terrible. Um, you know what I noticed, as I said last week, is that the courts take the woman's word, even if she's lying. Oh yes. You know, I know cases where men, the men were, you know, were good men. You know, they didn't cheat, they didn't do all that stuff, but the woman desired to control the man, and because he wouldn't allow it to happen, she would leave. Right. And then she would go to court and tell the judge the man is mean to her and all this kind of crap. Uh, one of the and biggest. They just believe it. One of the biggest tricks the attorney gets the woman to use is to file domestic violence on the man. Yes. And all they have to do is cry wolf, and you know the state's yeah. got them. Now, now if the woman backs up and, and denies those charges and say, as as my wife did, she dropped the charges because there never was no evidence because it never did happen. And she said that it happened. And she dropped the charges, and the state still picks up the charges against the man. Yeah, they do. Instead of filing, um, um, uh, what's the word for it? Um, instead of filing perjury on the woman, the state still convicts the man. Um, why, why do you think the court let the woman have so much freedom to be wrong? Uh, I think the woman's just become uh, so big in society over a period. I think, it, I think it started from the early 40s after World War II. Um, and it just, uh, history dictates it. I mean, and then it really started snowballing when they put no fault in divorce. Yeah. And then, you know, it just, I mean, it was a steady incline in divorce rate. But 
women have gained so many rights and, and, and men have given, have given so many of those rights over to the woman. Why do that, men, e that includes taking the Christian leadership in, in, inside of the house. Yeah. Why do men give in to women so much like that? Are they afraid of them or what is it that causes men to be so weak with women? I think mostly they're afraid of them. When it, when it gets to that point, I mean, you better be afraid because the court's on their side. Afraid of them in what way? That, that uh, fearful what they can do to you as far as uh, uh, demeaning your character, your integrity. Um, I mean, taking you down to the gutter, um, taking your livelihood away from you. I mean, I mean they can take um, everything you work for in life as far as material or as far as money or retirement. They can take that. So um, if that's the case, why do men bother getting married and putting themselves in that type of predicament. I guess I guess it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. We've always desired um, we've always desired a woman, a, a, a helpmate. Is, is it for the sex? And so men are willing to go to hell just for sex? Uh, probably so. Whether, <laughs> whether they admit or not, they probably, yeah. If it wasn't so. for sex with a woman, would a man even bother with her? Mm, if it wasn't for sex? Um, well, it's until you're, if you're out of God's will, if you're not with, if you're not in God's will, I would say yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, the sex is probably the biggest factor. If it wasn't for that, the man wouldn't even bother. Probably not. <laughs> so, so it's the sex that get the man in trouble with these women, huh? Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. It is. So, um, what are you going to do? I mean, uh, uh, are you going to, why would you, you said you would get married again. Why would you want to go back into that? Since you know, you know, what they can do to you. I think because I've come to understand, you know, uh, that you've got to put God first in your life, period. But a lot of men do put God first and a woman still take them to hell. Well, there again, if, I mean, I, I don't really see how that can possibly happen if they put God first and they're being equally yoked, you know, and married under, under you know, under, uh, in God's eyes. Yeah. You know, uh, most of the people that I counsel with, even though I counsel with men and women that doesn't believe in God, but most of the people I counsel with are men and women who say they believe in God. They go to church every day, and the man that catches so much hell from the Christian woman more than he did from the woman that didn't believe in God. And so it seemed to be prevalent in the Christian community more so than the non-Christian community. Exactly. I mean, and, and it's prevalent in all the churches. I mean, when you go to the churches and half the women there in the church looks like um, somebody off of uh, these women magazines or, mm -hmm. I mean, a, a beauty queen. They've got all the makeup on there and everything on. I mean, that's not what God intended. What is it going to take to turn this around, you think? It's going to take a, it's going to take a whole new a whole new um, transformation of the church. The walls are going to have to be broken down. The doctrines, I mean, the walls got to come down. But the church is not going to do it. Well, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to happen. Because the churches want the women to come because they bring a lot of money. Some of them force their husbands to go to church. So the preachers are not going to do it. I personally think that it's going to take men standing up and being men and, and, and demanding that the court change these rules. Because if the men were to stand up, then the courts would have to change the laws. You know, favoring women no matter what the situation is. The only reason it's that way now is because organizations like the National Organization of Women Who Hate Men, right. they started this kind of stuff, and men didn't fight back to a point now that is they feel that it's impossible to fight back. So it's going to take organizing men in order to bring on a change. 
Yeah, and that's that's really the hard part. That's where I was for you know a year. I mean, I, I was angry. I was totally angry inside, and, and uh, uh, I was the leader of the Texas Million Dads March. I went to the Austin Capitol, and I was the only one there. Uh, yet I had you know thousands of, of of dads out there that are angry and wanted to help out, but you know they still weren't there to show up and march. And you know it's like, where do you start? It's not, it's hard to univ unificate, like now's the uh, National Organization of Women, they have a national organization, but it's hard to get in a group of men, a national organization right. of men together without portraying the image of anger or right. hatred. Because if, if a man does it, well, we're angry or, or we're hateful or, or we're militant. Yeah. And um, that's, that's, that's the problem. Well, clearly now, a woman can do that and that's it's okay. okay. That's right. I, uh, you just brought something to mind. I know inside of the homes, most of the time, not all the time, of course, but most of the time, it's the woman that's violent with the man, you know, and he tends to try to protect himself, and sometimes he goes overboard by becoming physical with her, right. but most of the time, the man doesn't know how to deal with the woman's anger, and so she causes a problem, so she starts crying, oh, he's hurting me, the police come and take you off as though you're the problem when really she's the one that causes the problem. And I think we need to bring that out more. We need to stand up and say, look, this woman caused the problem, not me. But the men are either unwilling or afraid to really stand up to women. And I think the reason that they don't is because they have a great need for sex, because sex control men. And if men were to get over that great need for sex, because sex is not that important. You're not going to die if you don't have sex. True. As a matter of fact, you'll start to live when you stop having it. Exactly. So you're not going to die by not having sex. So why let the woman control you with one item? And that is sex. Because I often hear men say, if it wasn't for sex, I wouldn't even be bothered with her. You know, so you don't have to have sex. So I think we need to get men to understand that so they can start standing up in a righteous, light way. Right. Am I wrong? No, that's right. Yeah. They've, got, they've got to be told the truth and made yeah. to understand that. But the only way they're going to find that truth it's through the Word of God, period. Meaning the Bible? Exactly. But they read the Bible and they still don't see it. Well, uh, it's, it's different reading the Bible and, and have the Holy Spirit, you know, lead you through the Bible. I mean, you can read the Bible from front, from cover to cover, and if you're not comprehending it, what good is it? It's why, just like reading a book. Why are so many men addicted to sex? Why are they so into sex? Uh, why are there, I don't know, why are there so many alcoholics? Why were you so addicted to sex? I guess it's uh, I guess it's just like it's like, like a rush, like an alcoholic, but, but or a drug addict. I mean, what age it's like a fix. What age did you? I mean, start it's like they're it's, you know it's like women are different, and and I'm sure it's the same for women. You know, there's as you know a lot of women, sex is an addiction, as much for a woman as as it is for a man. No, men are more into it than women are. Women are giving. Women are like the drug dealer, <laughs> and the man is the addict. So they'll give it, the dealer will give it to you just to control you. Mm -hmm. But they can really do without it. You know? What, well, at, that's, tr that's true. At what age did you start having sex? Uh, see, I guess I was probably about uh, 17. 17. And what made you do it then? Uh, uh, I would suppose there was probably uh, peer pressure and so much out there on the streets. I mean, you learn so much out on the streets and, 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 you know, just friends, you know, just just word of mouth and then there's just the, uh, the magazines out there and the, and the pornography. Uh -huh. I mean, it's everywhere and it's, and it's even more prevalent today than when I was a kid. So did, were you into the magazines and all that too? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
movies, magazines, and all? Uh, mainly just magazines, but movies came later on in life. Which came first, the magazine or the actual set act itself? Uh, I would say probably the magazines. And what made you get into the magazine? Uh, I think it happens to a lot of boys early in life. They just um, they happened upon them, or, or it was by accident that I happened on my first magazines. When you were growing up as a child, did you see any other adult with the magazine? Or did you see it on TV or anything? Uh, I'd probably seen some adults with the magazines. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that could have an influence, too. Oh, yeah. Most so, definitely. Gary, when you first had sex, did anything about you change? Did you notice a change in yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember thinking that was this is probably the greatest thing that God ever gave us on earth. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Uh, it was like the parting of the waters. I mean, it, it was it was real. <laughs> but uh, but you it, had no idea though that it was going to bring you to this, though, huh? No, I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, uh, a sin of the, you know a sin like that, sin of the flesh. You know how it could really, how it's really unpleasing to God. But you had no idea that you would be so out of control with it. Oh, yeah. I had no idea it would lead to an addiction. Yeah. Did you resent yourself for that? Oh, several times. And why did you resent yourself? I mean, well, after a while, it plays on your conscience. I mean, because when, you, when, you're, when you're blessed with a good heart and a, and a good heart and, you, and, and your heart goes out to people and, and you can't help it, it, it can't help but bother you, your conscience. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So do you still resent yourself for that? No. You got over it? I've, I've gotten over that. Uh, were you raised by father and mother or mother? I was raised by father and mother, and they were divorced my senior year. Oh, okay. And, uh, but, it, but it still put a barrier. It put such a stigma between the relationship between my dad and me. Yeah. Because my, my mother, um, uh, she hated, she didn't make no bones about it, the hatred that she had for that man. But, you know, there was a love there at one time, but um, somewhere her heart become cold and, and dead somewhere in the marriage, uh, probably five, six years before they were divorced. And uh, it just put such a wall between us kids and my dad. How did that affect you? Uh, it's, it's affected me, um, 20, let's see, 30, 40, 25 years. And I've got a younger sister and uh, another sister that's a year younger than me, two sisters. And uh, it put such a barrier and, and it's affected them in their lives. And, um, and uh, I'm still working on tearing down that wall between me and my dad to this day. Yeah. And uh, he goes to church every week and professing Christian, but it, it's tough. How did you, have you forgiven your mother for doing that to you guys? Uh, I've forgiven my mother, and the sad part is I had to wait to forgive her till after she was dead because that hatred, that hatred took my mother to an early grave. Yeah. And uh, that's my, she was consumed in anger, and that's what killed my mom. And it took me, um, took me three or four years to realize actually what she had done with us, done to us kids over yeah. that hatred. I mean, how it spilled over to us. Yeah. And I had to forgive her for that, but it was after she was put in the grave that I had to do that. And that, that was really tough. How did tough. you forgive her once she was, had expired? How, how were you able to forgive her? I just, uh, you know, when I was down on my hands and knees to God, you know, I just had to, when I was crying out to God, he, uh, he had allowed me to see you know exactly why she did die and why that I had to forgive her and uh, I had to forgive my dad as well because it's like the only time us kids we ever heard from our dad and a lot of it was because of my mom is 
was only on Christmas or our birthdays. Yeah. And it was through a card or, or maybe one phone call a year. And uh, so I just had to forgive them both. Did you tell your dad you forgave him? Oh, yes. You went to him? Yeah. I, I, haven't got to, I haven't got to go to him and see him personally. I, I forgive him over the phone, but uh, I'm waiting for that day when it's one-on-one. Why don't you go to him? Why haven't you gone to him? Because uh, I've, I've just been on a such close uh, personal communication with God that uh, he just hasn't sent me to my dad at this point. Let me say this to you because of time, and I want to get this out to other men too. Uh, you're going to have to go and face your father and tell him how you feel and then forgive him. You know, don't ask him to forgive you, but say, I'm sorry for hating you. And tell him why. You know, my mother turned me against you. You know, she made it seem as though you were the bad guy and she was the innocent one. And I just started hating you because she hated you. And uh, because if you don't do that, you're never, you're never going to know God. You can't, you can't love God and hate your father. You got to go face him and forgive him. And be, the reason that it sounds like one of the reasons that you're so addicted to sex is because of your resentment toward your mother. Whenever you have hatred in your heart like that, and most of the time it starts with our parent, it awakens our sexual nature, you know, the hatred. Because prior to that, kids are innocent. They don't, they're not into sex. Sex doesn't matter. They're ashamed to even talk about it. Right. But once they start to resent their mothers, and most of the time it is the mother because of her pressure that she puts on you. It awakens you, you fall away from your innocence and you become sexually awakened. And that's what anger does. But when you forgive, uh, truly forgive in your heart by facing a person, realizing they couldn't help themselves and forgive them, then God is gonna forgive you and then your sexual nature will calm down and you can have control over it. But as long as you have that anger, you're gonna screw your brains out and just get worse. Every woman you get involved with, you're going to turn into a whore, you know, and it's just going to, it's like you're just destroying yourself. But you've got to forgive in order to get, and that's what's wrong with men, that most of them resent their mothers, or they've been molested in some kind of way as a child, and they resented the act, or they resented the mother, and it awakened their sexual nature, and, and whatever you hate, you become attracted to it. So you're not going to have sex with your mom, per se, but every woman that you get involved with is just like mama. So you're actually screwing mama because you're accepted to what you hate. So you've got to forgive so God can forgive you and get past that. Because you, no other thing is going to do it. You know, confessing God is not going to do it. Reading the Bible is not going to do it. It's only when we repent by forgiving, admitting that we do have this hatred in our heart. Right. That makes sense? Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a spiritual thing. And it awakens... And that's how women become homosexuals, because they hate their mothers. You know, we had a lot of hours in, in pastoral care going through counseling before we went through this divorce. And, yeah. Uh, and you said more right then than that counselor did in 18 hours. Yeah. Well, they don't know. <laughs> Worth of counseling. Yeah, they're blinded. They, they can't see. But I, I'm Well, it's sad that in pastoral care they can use anything but... But, but like what you're talking about, repentance yeah. and anything to do with scriptures, I mean, they can't, they can't say stuff like, isn't that sad? Yeah, it is. But that's why men are afraid of women, they are addicted to them, it's because they're afraid of mama. You know, if you can't stand up to mama, you can't stand up to your woman because it is mama. You know, you say, oh, I'll never marry a woman like my mother, right? But you do. And you may marry, your mom may be loud and controlling, right? So you look for a quiet, soft woman 
But once you get with her, you find out that she's mama too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's, that's one thing they did show me. They did show you from the get-go. Okay, you married your mother and you married your daddy. <laughs> so you got to forgive Gary so that right. you can get past all. Otherwise, you'll get married again and you'll do the same thing over. You'll say, I would never do it. Even if you got the second wife back, you would screw over her again because of that resentment in your heart and your inability to deal with her in the right way. Men have the wrong need for women. They look to women as in the way that they should be looking to God. They try to find that which was lost through the woman, and they can't find it through her, and it's not in her. You have to find it in God, and you find it by admitting that you're wrong. That makes sense? Yes. So are you going to go and deal with your dad? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I sure am. I, I, I put that off way too long. Yeah, you are. You have. And uh, I wouldn't wait until he died. You know, you're fortunate that he's still alive so you can go to him. Right. And I wish I had come around or somebody had told you to deal with your mom while she was living. Because your mom is harder to deal with than your dad. Oh, it's, it's, it's hard to do, with the, to do with the mom thing. Yeah, it is, huh? And why is it so hard to deal with the mother, you think? I guess because she was such a, she was a loving mom. I mean... No, she wasn't a loving mom. Yeah, I know. She I, was King Kong and Bloomers. I, I know, but she was always there for us kids, and, and we always looked up to her. And, 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 and you know, even in, even in our home, looking back, she took the leadership role in so many ways that my dad should have had. That's right. And, and that's probably uh, why your dad left her, and I, I don't, you know, because he didn't know how to deal with her either. Yeah. Well, that's, different. looking back, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and the sad thing about and it, And she though, filed the divorce. I mean, yeah. she just ran him off, ran him off. And see how you're going through the same thing. Your wives are leaving you, filing their divorces. But uh, what's sad about it, the father can't deal with the mother, and he bails out, but he leaves the children there to go through the hell with the mother. Yeah. They, don't, they no longer have protection from it. And so they have to go through it. So if a man, an adult man, can't handle that, how do they expect the children to handle it? So it's just a vicious cycle. Yeah, that's right. It's a vicious cycle. They keep putting out kids. And it's, they're, they're going through the same thing. And your children thing. are going through the same thing. Exactly. They're with mothers who are destroying them right. because of their resentment toward men. So I'm, I'm glad, though, that you, know, you are with your, your youngest daughter, and hopefully you'll go back to your other children and apologize to them for not being there for them and you know, say, I'm sorry. I, you know, I wasn't a man. I should have been stronger. Should not have done what I've done and so I can be there for you. Exactly. Because if they resent you, they're going to go through the same thing you have gone through. Right. And I have a good relationship with my two teenagers, I mean, yeah. and it's just about come to that point anyway. I mean, yeah. the relationship and me Have you apologized for them? Oh, yes. Yeah, don't yeah. ask for their forgiveness. Just say, I'm sorry for not being there. Right. And uh, if they have any goodness in their heart, they'll forgive you. And most of the time, when parents apologize, kids are ready to forgive, especially if they apologize and change, if the parent changed his or her ways. Right. Yeah, so just apologize, you know, I was wrong. I wasn't a good father, you know, I cheated on your mother, that was wrong. I didn't know how to handle her, that was wrong. And I've left you guys with her, and that's wrong, I'm sorry for it. And be around them and let them know they can be with you. And as far as the course, we're going to have to stand up as men, somehow or another, organize to change these laws, where the laws would be fair between men and women. You know, I don't want it to go all the way over to men either, because some men are wrong. Right. And the way that they do things, but it need to be fair. We need a fair system, not a one-sided system. Exactly. And just as the National Organization of Women changed the law to be one-sided, we can change it back, bring it back to order. Somehow or another, we got to do that. And maybe you're the one to start doing it, Gary. 
Or maybe we could do it through Bond. <laughs> <laughs> you could add that to your agenda. <laughs> Believe me, my plate is up to the top. You know? But we got to start doing something before it's too late because generation of generation of men are starting to be wiped out. Right. Look at the school. The men are put down in the school. The teachers focus on the female more so than the male. In the university, the guys are just put down. You look, look at TV, and the man is made to look like a, an idiot. You know, and it, we're standing back and allowing it to happen. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, if anything, we ought to take the TV out of our houses. I mean, there's so much garbage on there that you can't hardly watch anything anymore. Yeah, so we have to stand up and change. Anything you want to say in closing? We're winding down here. Uh, I, think, I think we said the most important message to the, to the husbands and the dads and the fathers. I think that pretty much summarizes what you were saying a minute ago. We, yeah. need, to, we need to come to repentance and, and understand where the problem started. I think that men need to realize that they have a spiritual uh, responsibility to be the head of the family, to set the example for good and cheating on your wives and being angry and not having a self-controlled life is not the right way to go. And when you do that, you hurt everybody. And it's not going to be easy. But if you love what's right with all your heart, soul, and might, it could be fun because God is with you. And you have a chance of having a good family when the father you know, deal with the hell that you have to deal with. Women need men to be strong. And God need men to be strong because he works through men. And a society is falling apart when men are weak. So we must forgive and do it in the right way so we can stop here rather than passing it on from generation to generation. Amen. Let us hear from you about this show or any other show. We're going to put the website up and the phone number. Have a good one. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. I'm founder and president of a nonprofit organization, Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. You can reach us at 1-800-411-2663, 1-800-411-2663, or, or at our website, www dot bondinfo dot org b-o-n-d-i-n-f-o dot o-r-g we're 13 years old we're not a uh, governmental organization we're a private nonprofit organization and i believe in the perfect order of god in christ christ and man man over woman and woman over children it is a spiritual battle that we're fighting not blacks against whites or whites against blacks but good versus evil right versus wrong I'm committed to rebuilding a family by rebuilding the man. For an audio or video copy of this program, please call or write the address on the screen. Please include the program number when ordering.